MSW Media. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans today to get 10% off your first month. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Today, Donald Trump and 18 others have been indicted for racketeering in Fulton County for their plot to interfere in the 2020 election. Mark Meadows has filed to move his indictment out of Georgia and into federal court. A woman who helped conceal Vanessa Guillen's body has been sentenced to 30 years in prison. And a group of young people in Montana have won a climate lawsuit against the state. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Who boy, how's it going? <laughs> I know everyone was really excited to listen to the beans last night. But as you know, from listening to the beans last night, we had not gotten this news yet. We now have it. And Allison is downright giddy. I'm giddy and punchy because... I had about a half a glass of champagne to celebrate, and then I went straight to work. I've been parsing this indictment, this 100-page indictment, like, for, like, all night. And I finally put out my summary. It's on post right now. You can follow me on post at Mueller, she wrote. The link to my post account is in my Twitter bio. Use that. I also tweeted out the link to the article that I wrote about the indictment. But, oh, man. That was a deep dive, and there's a lot of information in there. We're going to talk a little bit about it here. But of course, Pete Strzok and I break it all down in detail on today's new episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. So we're going to be covering all things Fulton County on Clean Up on Aisle 45 from here on out. (laughs) And that is where you want to get your uh, latest information. And also, as we talk about in that podcast, you want to follow these intrepid on-the-ground local reporters, too. They're so good. And who boy, aisle 45, it's messy as shit right now. <laughs> clean up clean. indeed. Let's do it. It's getting clean. We got a hundred page mop and a bucket coming down to, to clean that up. Uh, also, breaking news. This just handed to me. Jack Smith was looking for Trump's Twitter DMs when he got a search warrant executed for his Twitter account. So it wasn't just geolocation and stuff to prove that it was Trump making those tweets. He was actually looking for his DMs, and apparently there's lots of them. This is uh, an exclusive from uh, Caitlin Polance on CNN, and of course, we will go over all that in detail on the next episode of Jack. So lots going on. We have a lot of news to get to, and then I'm going to uh, see, because here's what what happened, Dana. I was up all night. I did the thing. I wrote the thing. And then you know how your brain just gets real tired? Oh, yeah. And then I had to do a couple of appearances and some interviews, working on the book, wrote this show, wrote the cleanup episode, recorded that. Now we're doing this. And then right before I popped on this show with you, I ate the most giant California burrito in the history of (laughs) mankind. And now I'm like... Now I'm like indictment slash burrito drunk. I'm like, you know what? This is how the sausage is made, people. You want to know what happens behind the scenes? This is it. We're just like normal people. (laughs) And all of a sudden, with that brain drain and the exhaustion and lack of sleep, like the the burrito just made just 
I'm so tired and punchy right now. This is going to be a fun show. Uh, I have a feeling. Um, I hope somebody submitted a charismatic mega plastics esque uh, good news story. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, the show already has a dildo because we're talking about Donald Trump's indictments, but we'd take another one. <laughs> All of our shows have a dildo when we talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from NBC, former President Donald Trump and top allies, including his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and his former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, and top former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark, who helped get that hit piece out on me. So ha ha ha. They were all indicted on Monday on felony charges in connection with efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia. The sweeping 41 count indictment also names John Eastman, Sidney Powell, Kenneth Cheesebro, Jenna Ellis and Ray Smith, along with several others, all were charged with violating Georgia's RICO. That's the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act. This is a criminal enterprise, and that is how she treated it. In an indictment handed up to the judge around 9 p.m. and made public just before midnight, or just before actually right around 11 p.m. Eastern, Trump was charged with felony racketeering and numerous conspiracy charges. The racketeering charge carries a sentence of five to 20 years, while a conspiracy conviction can result in a minimum sentence of one year in prison with a variable maximum sentence. It depends. Quote, Trump and the other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost and they knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. That's what the indictment says. 98 pages. It lays out a number of alleged schemes aimed at achieving that goal, including pressuring state officials to change the results, posing as, you know, f- acting like you're a, a, a government official, as in, you know, trying to say you're a duly sworn elector, accessing voting machines, burglary, uh, data from that, all that data from, you know, Coffee County, which is a rural county. Uh, And harassing election worker Ruby Freeman with bogus fraud claims. And I love that Ruby Freeman's getting some justice here because those three people connected to Kanye West, like, got together and harassed Ruby Freeman, went to her house, knocked on her door, told her they had to meet, and then tried to intimidate her into saying that she actually committed voter fraud. Now, Trump has denied all wrongdoing, as Giuliani did hours before the indictment was made public. Scott Grubman who's a lawyer for Cheesebro, Cheesebro and Grubman, I love it. Uh, so he said Tuesday his client had been giving the Trump campaign legal advice and stands ready to defend himself against these unfounded charges. Good luck. Eastman attorney Harvey Silverglate, I looked, it's not Silvergate, it's Silverglate, who also has said his client was giving legal advice, said he sent a legal memo to Willis's office Monday morning explaining why his client shouldn't be charged. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like what every lawyer would do. He shouldn't be charged. Don't charge my client. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I didn't commit fraud or a coup. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that letter looks like, but uh, it's probably not going to help. Ellis, meanwhile, tweeted Tuesday morning, the Democrats and the Fulton County DA are criminalizing the practice of law. And by the way, it's coming from on the ground now, you know, rumors intelligence that uh, Trump has dumped her. He's no longer given her any super PAC money for her legal fees because she's been supporting DeSantis. So that's hilarious. She also thoughts and prayers herself. I don't know, on on Twitter, which was hysterical. She was just like, I'm going to give this to God. And I believe that Jesus, I'm like, okay, well, unless Jesus is one of the 12 jurors, uh, good luck, because you're probably going to get Judas. 
Have a good time. That's one of my favorite tweets I've ever... I've never used the phrase, they've thoughts and prayers themselves, but it was fun <laughs> to type, and I'm glad that I put it out there. Meadows, Powell, Sidney Powell, and Ray Smith all did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Probably better for them to stop and just be quiet. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis said at a late night news conference that arrest warrants have been issued. So there's a warrant out for Trump's arrest, but she's given everybody until August 25th at noon to surrender voluntarily. Willis says she intends to try all 19 defendants together. She's aiming to have this case go to trial in the next six months. I think that's a little aspirational, not as aspirational as the ask to find 11,780 votes. It's a little aspirational, I think, but she's determined to get this done quickly. Trying all 19 defendants together could be difficult. And we talk about this a little bit on cleanup on all 45. But the last big sprawling RICO case she brought against those school administrators who were cheating on tests or, you know, cheating on test results, she she indicted 35 people and only 12 of them made it to trial because the rest turned on each other and flipped and rolled. So amazing. We could see quite a bit of that. And that's what happens when you have a five-year mandatory minimum sentence and no pardons available to you. It becomes a little clearer in the light of day that uh, maybe you should cooperate. This is the fourth time Trump has been indicted. Unless you count the superseding indictments, then it's five. In the last four and a half months, by the way. And the second time he's been charged with trying to interfere with the election in the past two weeks. It's... (laughs) It's only been two weeks. And what's amazing is that some of those people were named in the January 6th trial, but they weren't indicted. They were just named as co-conspirators. There was no indictment against them. And now they are indicted in Georgia. And that's like Ellis and Giuliani, Cheesebro. Uh, Eastman, Clark, Cheesebro. Yeah. Yep. And and that's because he wanted to keep it, the, the Jack Smith wanted to keep this super clean so he could get yep. a January 2nd trial date, get this done before the election. The indictment lays out the plot chronologically, listing various efforts by Trump and the co-conspirators to overturn the results in the state. And it says that in addition to those who have been charged, that there are 30, Dana, 30 unindicted (laughs) co-conspirators. And just because you're an unindicted co-conspirator doesn't mean you're cooperating. So all these, this whole bag of rats is going to start flipping on each other. I can't wait. Yeah, because they don't want to serve that five-year mandatory sentence. And you only have to have two... She only has to prove two of the racketeering acts, acts under racketeering, to get a conviction under RICO. And there's 34 amazing acts in, out of the 161 total overt acts that were listed. And again, Pete Strzok and I are going to go over all of this in detail on today's new episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. And you can check out my giant article that I wrote summing it up for you on post. So good. Thank you, AG. And this next story is from Tamar Hellerman. An amazing local reporter, by the way, for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So please follow her for the coverage of the Fulton County indictment. Now, it seems former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on Tuesday sought to move criminal charges filed against him in Fulton County to federal court. Well, the development came less than a day after Fulton Grand Jury handed up two charges against Meadows in conjunction with a broader 41-count elections interference case, which also ensnared former President Trump, as we know, and 17 others. Meadows was charged with racketeering and solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer in conjunction with Trump's attempt, as we know, to overturn the results in Georgia. In a 14-page filing with the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of Georgia, Meadows' attorneys argued the Republican had the right to change venues because the alleged criminal conduct, and I quote, all occurred during his tenure and as part of his service as chief of staff, end quote. 
So this move wasn't unexpected, by the way. And if a judge grants Meadows' request, it would presumably give him a more conservative jury pool. So this is obviously very calculated. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, who pursued the charges, is expected to fight this, by the way, to keep the case in Fulton Superior Court. Trump and former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark, we are expecting both of them to make similar moves in the days ahead. So we'll see what happens there if the judge grants it. Yeah, and these are two charges for him. They might be considered a little thinner than the charges against, say, Trump or Eastman or Clark, but it's going to be a hard battle because, you know, courts, eight out of eight judges agree that doing coup stuff isn't part of your job. Right. (laughs) I was acting in my official capacity. No, no, you weren't, actually. We've seen this several times, but Mo Brooks tried to do it, tried to say that his, you know, speech on the ellipse was part of his job. Trump has tried to say it's part of my job. Uh, and it's it just doesn't it's not going well. And and the the courts have said and the DOJ have said, no, doing coup stuff is not part of you can't overthrow the government as part of your job in the government. So we'll see. We'll see how that ends up. But uh, this is expected to happen for a lot of these defendants. And from Nicole Acevedo at NBC and content warning here, uh, Cecily Aguilar, the Texas woman who admittedly helped mutilate and conceal the body of soldier Vanessa Guillen, was sentenced to 30 years in prison following a lengthy court hearing Monday. This is according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Western Texas. Aguilar had pled guilty in November to federal charges connected to the 2020 killing at Fort Hood. The charges included a count of accessory to murder after the fact and three counts of a false statement representations. Aguilar was the girlfriend of Aaron Robinson, the soldier who was suspected of killing the 20-year-old soldier. Robinson fatally shot himself as police moved to arrest him in connection with the case. According to the evidence and information shared during Aguilar's trial, Robinson was in the Fort Hood military base, which was recently renamed Fort Cavazos, the day Guillem was killed. He was in the arms room when a forensic search found blood where Guillem was presumably killed. Myra Guillen, Vanessa's older sister, celebrated Aguilar's sentence on social media, saying, you receive justice today. During Aguilar's sentencing hearing, witnesses said that Robinson got the idea to dismember Guillen's body from the crime drama TV series Criminal Minds. Witnesses also noted that Aguilar and Robinson visited the site where they buried Guillen's remains twice, first to dismember the body, then to mix her remains with cement. Aguilar also said that it took about seven hours for Guillen's bones to be fully broken down. Goodness. Uh, Yeah. Members of the Guillen family and supporters spoke in a news conference outside the Waco courthouse where Aguilar received her sentence. Guillen's mother, Gloria, said she believes she, quote, touched the judge's heart with her testimony during the sentencing. Gloria Guillen took the stand to testify about the pain her family endured because of her daughter's killing. Quote, I hope God forgives her and that she repents, she said in Spanish, referring to Aguilar. Myra Guillen said Aguilar apologized to the family during her testimony. Myra Guillen said that regardless of the apology, nothing will ever bring back my sister. Guillen disappeared from Fort Hood in April of 2020. Advocates and family members quickly organized rallies outside the base and launched a hashtag find Vanessa Guillen on social media, a whole campaign. And more than two months later, the calls to find Vanessa Guillen turned into demands for hashtag justice for Vanessa Guillen after her dismembered remains were found near the base. Shortly after her disappearance, her family said the slain soldier had told relatives and colleagues at Fort Hood, which has some of the highest rates of murder, sexual assault, and harassment in the Army, that she'd been sexually harassed. 
Gian's allegations, which were posthumously confirmed by an army investigation, helped spur changes, including the removal of 14 Fort Hood leaders from their positions and prompting several military policy reforms, including revisions to the Army's sexual harassment and prevention program and to the, quote, missing soldier protocols, among other changes. Key parts of the I Am Vanessa Guillen Act became law in December of 2021, including criminalizing sexual harassment under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, improving how certain officials respond to sex-related offenses through independent investigations, and removing the decision to prosecute sexual misconduct cases from service members' chains of command. Remember that? I do. The Guillens sued the Defense Department last year, seeking $35 million in damages for her wrongful death. A trial date in federal court will be set in the coming weeks. That's according to the family's attorney. Uh, the family story was featured in the 2022 Netflix documentary, I Am Vanessa Guillen, which is nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Investigating Documentary. Thank you so much, A.G. This last story is from Stephanie Ebbs at ABC. It seems a group of young people from Montana won a major climate case on Monday after arguing the state failed to protect their right to clean environment by continuing to use fossil fuels. This is a big deal. Now, the ruling determined that a provision in Montana's Environmental Policy Act violated the right to a clean environment, which is guaranteed under Montana state constitution by promoting the continued use of fossil fuels. The court said a provision in the law that prevented the state from considering the climate impacts of energy projects is unconstitutional. And this is a quote, in a sweeping win for our clients, the Honorable Judge Kathy Seeley declared Montana's fossil fuel promoting laws unconstitutional and enjoined their implementation. This is from Julia Olson. She's the chief legal counsel and executive director of Our Children's Trust. That was her statement. Now, 16 Montana youths between the ages of 5 and 22, I'm telling you, the youth are going to lead us. 5 and 22 sued the state, the governor, the Montana Department of Environmental Quality, the state's public commission office, and other state departments in 2020 over Montana's fossil fuel-based energy system. They cited scientific evidence that burning fossil fuels is contributing to global warming that already causes them harm. That's according to the lawsuit. Now, the judge's order cited the scientific facts presented by expert witnesses that there is overwhelming scientific consensus. The earth is warming as a direct result of greenhouse gas emissions, primarily from burning fossil fuels. It also laid out evidence that Montana's temperatures are expected to increase and that increased impacts of climate change, such as heat waves. Those have adverse impacts on young people's mental health and quality of life. Now, Judge Kathy Seeley wrote the Montanans have, quote, a fundamental constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment, which includes climate as part of the environmental life support system. Went on to say, youth plaintiffs have experienced past and ongoing injuries resulting from the state's failure to consider greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, including injuries to their physical and mental health, homes and property, recreational, spiritual, aesthetic interests, tribal and cultural traditions, economic security, and happiness. That's all from Seeley. Now, the decision is based on a unique provision in the Montana Constitution that guarantees citizens a clean and healthful environment. At least three other states, Pennsylvania, New York, and Hawaii, they have similar constitutional language, by the way. Effective immediately, Montana officials will be required to consider the impacts of greenhouse gas emissions when making decisions for oil, gas, coal, and other energy permitting. Currently, state law forbids them from considering those impacts. Interesting. 
Montana officials said during the trial in June that if the plaintiffs won their case, it would not change approvals for fossil fuel projects. Interesting as well. That's according to the Associated Press. And this is a quote. We do not have the authority to not permit something that fully complies with the law. Department of Environmental Quality Director Chris Dorrington said, that's according to the AP, and went on to say, we are the ones that implement the law. We are not the ones that create the law. And this is a continued quote. As fires rage in the West, fueled by fossil fuel pollution, today's ruling in Montana is a game changer that marks a turning point in this generation's efforts to save the planet from the devastating effects of human-caused climate chaos. That's from Olson. He said in a statement, went on to say, this is a huge win for Montana, for youth, for democracy, and for our climate. More rulings like this will certainly come. End quote. And it's a good one. Another youth climate case, by the way, against the Hawaii Department of Transportation is scheduled to go to trial in Hawaii next summer. Hmm. And um, something that wasn't pointed out in this article, but I think is glaring, um, the fires. Yeah, 100 percent. I I imagine we'll see some lawsuits uh, because of that provision in Hawaii's constitution as well. So, wow, you're right. Good for the kids. The kids are all right. They are. They are leading the way. Everybody, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with the good news. If you have good news, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis hotline. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelphelp.com slash dailybeans. Start living a better life today. You know, I've had moments in my life where the road ahead seemed tangled or confusing. Whether it's stress from work or you're just kind of living in a haze or you have relationship issues, we've all been there. But here's what I learned. If you ask for help and the right resources, such as therapy, and an unwavering belief in yourself, you can untangle those paths. No matter how complex or daunting the journey might seem, your future is a map waiting to be drawn by you. Therapy isn't just a tool for navigating life's major traumas. It's like having a personal coach for your mental well-being. It's a space where you can learn positive coping strategies, develop the confidence to set healthy boundaries, and become the very best version of yourself. Whether you're dealing with daily stressors or seeking clarity in your life, therapy can be an empowering ally. If therapy seems like a good fit for you, BetterHelp's got you covered. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's crafted to fit within your busy lifestyle. There's a quick questionnaire, connects you with a licensed therapist, and you can change therapists at any time without charge. BetterHelp is all about making therapy convenient and flexible for you. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot slash Daily Beans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the heck wine, what the mutt, shout out to a loved one, shout out to a small business, adoptable pet in your area, maybe shout out to yourself, brag about what you're doing. I want to hear about it. Uh, and I know Dana does too. And Dana loves baby pictures. You can I send love the in. baby pictures. Uh, I'm a frog orgy person. I don't know how that happened, but that's what I am now. Uh, so I just run with it uh, <laughs> or hop with it, whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> send it all into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Also, we're going to have a patron meet and greet coming up in Seattle here uh, this weekend and then Denver next week. So keep your eyes on your emails for those RSVPs. I look forward to having a having a cocktail or a mocktail with you. So let's kick this off with Amy. No pronouns. 
a shout out on the ground, gate, and flight crews uh, of Southwest Airlines, Flight 3273 from Denver to Baltimore, who went over and above to return my hoodie. Uh, In my dotage, I find I cannot hold three things in my hand without misplacing one. Having both my purse and carry-on in one hand, I stranded my hoodie at the gate. When I flagged the flight attendant, the plane door was open and employee was still on the ramp. She acknowledged that the hoodie had been found and promised to fetch it and return it to the flight attendant. Unfortunately, the door got shut before that could be accomplished. I caught the flight attendant's attention again, and she promptly phoned the gate. And after some negotiation, as the door was shut and reopening discouraged, the ground crew was able to throw the hoodie in through the flight deck window. Oh my God. I, I, this is all amazing, but is it safe? <laughs> Fabulous save. I only wish I had a photo. The flight attendant said in her 16 years, that was a first. Kudos and many thanks to all involved in the hoodie rescue. That Amy, is so awesome. Congratulations. These are the stories I live for. I love that. It's the small things. It's the hoodies. And, it I, and I'm not trying to say hoodies aren't important. They are very important. That's amazing. All right. This is from Lori, pronoun she and her. Good news. I worked the polls for the first time last week as a paper ballot judge in Columbus. Lori, thank you very much. One young voter wasn't sure he could vote here since his registration was for his parents' home hours away. I checked his current address and determined he was at the correct voting location. He voted on a provisional ballot. When he asked how late voting was going, I said 7.30, and yes, go get your roommates. He did. He brought his friend back and walked him through the same process. I was so excited, I almost jumped out of my chair when I saw them at the roster table. Take everyone with you. For Pod Pet Tax, I'm sending a photo of Sexy Sadie, our beloved English bully who passed away unexpectedly a handful of years ago. August 15th was her birthday. We still miss her tons. That's our oldest son in the picture with her. They are besties. Thank you, AG and DG, for all you do. And that is such a sweet photo. I'm sorry, lost your baby, but happy birthday to Sexy Sadie. There's so much going on in that photo that I absolutely love. And thanks for doing that election work. Seriously. Uh, amazing job on issue one down there in Ohio. Uh, next up from Kelly T. It's a damn Ewok, no matter what anyone says. First, good news. My small t-shirt business, Bleeding Hearts, uh, Rebels for a Cause, made its Maker's Market debut at a small Pride Fest in tiny Stockholm, Wisconsin. It was a success. Okay, I sold a few shirts. That equals success to me. The mission for BH, which is Bleeding Hearts, is to match the message of each tea to an organization that the message supports, so portions of the profits will be funneled to its paired org. The more shirts sold, the more going to worthy orgs like Queer Space Collective, Abortion Action Front, and Mentoring Peace. I have an Etsy shop, but no need to hawk it if you don't want. Of course I am. It's bleedinghearttees.etsy.com. And Bleeding Hearts, uh, that's H. E-A-R-T-S. Tease is T-E-E-S dot Etsy dot com. Second, I've attached a couple pictures, one for the reproductive rights tea and one for pet tax. Mabel is my neighbor's quote unquote dog. But like I said in the beginning, I'm sure she's actually an Ewok. What do you think she is? Oh, my God. It's, oh, my God. She's little, she's a little Chewbacca. It's a little Brussels Griffon, right? Um, yeah, I think so. And so cute. Baby. Oh, this shirt is awesome. And what a great idea that you give proceeds from the message of each shirt to the matching org. How great is this shirt? It's so, it's wonderful. If men want to worry about my box, it better be this one. And it's a ballot box. That's so good. It's so, so good. So bleedinghearttees.etsy.com. Oh, oh, oh we have an answer. Uh, she's a teddy bear. 
Shih Tzu Bichon mix. Okay. Oh, I had Brussels Griffon. I meant Bichon Frise. No, I didn't. I meant no, you Brussels didn't. Griffon, right? Yeah, you did. You just got it wrong. Okay. Just, yeah. uh, uh, well, fuck. All right. Well, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, Allison. You meant that. You were just I wrong. I also love that you were like, oh, fuck. Well, forget it. All right, let's move on. Because the Bichon Frise is the white puffy one, right? And the Brussels... It's Gr- also a delicious lettuce. Okay. And the Brussels Griffon is the <laughs> is the little one from as good as it gets. And that's what it looks like. Anyway, yeah. you know what? I, was I think uh, you're going to need to reel it back because there's a baby picture for me. Okay. Oh. MK Grace is the person and pronouns are she and her. Hello, AG, Dana, and the Whole Beans family. I'm pleased to announce the birth of my second grandchild on August 11th. She is five pounds, 12 ounces bundle of pure awesome. She and mom, my daughter, flew through the birthing process easily in her home now. Also stay tuned for December 25th when my son and his wife expect their bundle of joy and my third grandchild. We call it 2023 the year of the babies. Here's a newborn baby picture for Dana to enjoy. Thank you and all the MSW podcast for all you do to keep us informed and up to date on all the political news and look how perfect that little baby is and the little beanie 2023 the year of accountability unions and And babies babies. so beautiful all right next up from anonymous pronouns he and him regarding flamey grant hey beans queens i wanted to expand upon the flamey grant news from yesterday because i think the story is even more fun than what's already been shared you see her album bible belt baby has been released for months at this point. So why is it just now reaching number one on the charts? It is because of the Christian nationalist MAGA apologist, conversion therapy loving, vaccine and COVID precaution hating, totally not having an affair with a certain MAGA congresswoman, Sean Foyt. <laughs> if you don't know how to say his name, don't worry, me neither. I usually just make the goofy laugh noise when I, sh- <laughs> Sean, <laughs> uh, when I say it. He had tweeted recently criticizing that a drag queen was making Christian music and told her directly that hardly anyone listens or to or cares what you do. And within days of that tweet, Flamey's music became the number one album and her song Good Day became the number one single in Christian music. I highly recommend at least reading the lyrics of that song to any LGBTQ plus person who has been hurt by religious experiences. As a Christian myself, I try to believe that God can use anything intended for evil for good. So thanks to Sean Foyt for inadvertently being instrumental to Flamey Grant's success. Are we sure it's not fucked? Sean Fuked? Sean Fuked? Sean Fuck? Uh, fucked is fine. Yeah. That's foiked. Well, it sounds like if he had an affair, alleged affair with a congresswoman, it might actually be Sean Fucked. Foiked. He, they not foiked. Right. Either way, they he's a seen. schmuck, and I'm glad he did this for Flamey Grant. It's, I love it when hate turns around like this and just boosts someone's career. It, it just brings, like, bigotry, when it, it enables someone, I, I just, I don't know, it's just a great thing when someone thinks they're doing something that's, got, you know, uh, it's, it's for the people. And they're like, mm. go fuck yourself. We're going to download as many of this song as humanly possible. Yeah. And we, there's so many more of us than them when they do it to like an LGBTQ plus business. And then there's lines around the block for, for months to, to support that business. You know what I mean? Like I do. It's my fave. We are a wall of love and you shall not pass uh, as they say. So foiked you. (laughs) All right. That is our show. Thank you for putting up with Punchy AG today. I'm just like, I'm going to go sleep on this burrito. This burrito and I are going to go take a nap. We're together now. Yeah, it is time that you do. And we're just going to go take a nice nap.
So uh, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Again, please check out the new episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45 and the new episode of Jack. So much information packed in there. And follow me over on Post and Threads and wherever at Muller She Road. I appreciate it. Because that Elon, Elon yeah. Musk guy is apparently not going to fight Zuck now because Zuck, they were going to. But then Elon Musk said his first his mom wouldn't let him. And then I guess he's sick now or his back hurts. I don't know. It's just it's the most. This is it's high school. It's so fucking sad that people that there's people who are like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm like, dude, there's something seriously wrong with like it's Brondo. Plants crave it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Any final thoughts? No, not today. All right. Until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.